the covenant with them, says the Lord. You notice the word Lord, L-O-R-D, is all capitalized. When you read your word, you notice sometimes it's not. When it's all capitalized, that's Yahweh, God. My spirit, which is upon you. Say, his spirit's upon me. If you're a believer, his spirit's upon you. And my words, which I have put in your mouth, shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your offspring, nor from the mouth of your offspring's offspring, says the Lord from now and forever. Three generations. It's got to keep going down. It can get lost. We can lose a generation so easy. Claim it. Claim it. See it go down. I think back in my family, as far back as I really know, is just my grandparents. I, I, I don't know really about the spirituality of my great-grandparents. But, you know, when I think about that, I think of my two grandmothers, my grandmother Klingon, my grandmother Freeman. Now, I love them. I love my grandfathers. But isn't it interesting? I go back to them. Men, they should be calling out our names. You, your wife may know a lot more than you know spiritually, but you're the one that carry the authority and you need to make the stands in your family. And I call out men to do that in Jesus' name. Pray, pray that over your children. Don't, don't give it up. Decree, this is going to keep going down three generations, and it'll go three generations for them, and it'll keep going. And there is a battle over it, just like there's a battle over our governor's family. There's a, a battle over your family. Lord, we're thankful. I'm thankful for every person in Ascension Church. Lord, I'm thankful that for a wife that stayed with me for 65 years. We get to celebrate that this week. I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for a daughter that praises and loves you. I'm thankful for a church family that's faithful for you. Lord, we just thank you this morning. I bless you and honor you. Let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 1.17. Facebook, we welcome you. I pray you have a great Thanksgiving. Just cry out to Jesus. He'll work out everything you need in his time. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not in cleverness of speech, so that the cross, the cross of Christ, would not be made void. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us, who are being saved, it is the power of God. The cross is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Listen, our God is still on the throne. The cross still has power. Go back to the blood. We talked about the blood of Jesus uh, Wednesday night. There's power in the blood. We talked about which is greater. Which is greater, your sin or the blood of Jesus? There's just one answer, isn't it? It's the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus draws us near.
when that the enemy brings up your old past, just say, the blood covers all that. I'm blood-bought. There's power in the blood in the name of Jesus. In verse 30 of that same chapter says, But by his doing you are in Christ Jesus, who become to us. Now, Jesus became to us wisdom from God. We get wisdom from God through Jesus and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. These are all things that are ours because of the cross of Calvary and Jesus Christ's obedience to his Father's will. So that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Lord, it's not our goodness, it's your goodness that you put on us. It's not what we've done, it's what you've done for us and through us. Because Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you've been saved through faith. Not of your own selves. We're saved by grace through faith. That not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not God coming handing you a little present. It's, it's the gift of God into your life. He comes and takes over your life when we're really born again. I want to talk a little bit about the law of faith and grace. And I guess in my late 20s, I got involved in a business thing. And uh, I did a study on the laws of faith by Napoleon Hill. He's more famous probably from his book, uh, Think and Grow Rich. And he wrote a lot of books. And I, I believe he was a godly man, but... The laws of faith wasn't written as far as I remember back then, and it may have been more of a spiritual side, but me in tw at 29, I probably wasn't into that. I know I wasn't into it like I should have been. But anyway, <clears throat> this book was like a dictionary, but it's just about faith. I read that book. I read it. And it was just, I mean, it wasn't an easy read, but I kept reading it. I mean, we live by faith. Now, the world, a lot of them live by faith in their job, in what they can do, in their company, uh, the stock market. There's a lot of things you can put faith in. You can put it in your cell phone, Facebook, or you, you put Put your hope in something. But that's where I started on the faith life. And then uh, a year or two later, and we've told you our story, that revival in the First Baptist Church of Skytook, and that's where we got filled with the Spirit, and our, our lives began to change, particularly mine. Dixie's was already changed. She's always been almost totally perfect. But that uh, being filled with the Spirit um, wrecked my life there for a while. And then uh, a year or two later, we met uh, with Manly Beasley and got to know him. And his message is, what do you believe in God for right now? And you can't say uh, everything because that's a cop-out specifically what do you believe in God for 
So, and so that took faith to me at a different level, from just an intellectual side to a spiritual side of seeing what God would really do. Because he'd tell those stories about how he loved tomatoes. And this couple had invited him after church to go home with him. And this lady said, during church, she said, I remembered how manly loved tomatoes. And Kate, he, she said, I don't have a tomato. She said, God, I choose to believe you for a tomato. Now, that's a little thing, isn't it? After church, the lady come to her and said, now, you may think this is unusual, but I believe the Lord is telling me you need a tomato. Now, if God's interested in meeting a need with a tomato, we need to learn to believe God. See, he's already doing everything I'm believing him for or you're believing him for. If you don't have it and you need it, it's because you're not really believing him for it. And Lord, forgive me, forgive us in our health needs of not first crying out to you and having the elders pray for us as we did here this morning. I praise God for medical people can help us. But God said to cry out to him. And then the Lord spoke to me, called me to preach. I mean, that all happened in just a three or four year period of time. And God's still working all of our lives for our good. For it's God who's working in you to will and work for his good pleasure. Let's go to Hebrews uh, 11.1. One. You know these verses. Faith. Now faith is. See, faith is something. The assurance of things hoped for. One translation says the evidence of things not seen. The conviction of things not seen. But faith is something. Faith's not looking at the moon and just saying, I hope I get a new car. That's not faith. Faith is finding out what God's doing and believing Him for what He wants you to do in His life. I've told you a manly story as a baby was dying. They had two country doctors out to the home. They said he won't live through the night. Mama gets up and walks out of the house and goes out in the woods. God, what about this? God says, he'll be a preacher. She comes back in and says, he won't die. God says he's going to preach. Come on. See, the, our problem is we won't get a hold of the, God, the living God. We want to talk about, well, God did it for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he did. That's three generations. But what about now? What is God doing in your life that he's not doing for the biggest sinner in town? They've got food, clothing, and shelter. What's the difference in our lives? 
What are we believing God for? He's doing everything we're believing Him for. And then Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, you cannot please God. It's impossible to please God without faith. For He, you and I, whoever comes to God must believe that He is, that God is real, and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. He's a rewarder. But now He's not a... Let me just pat you on the shoulder and tell you how great you are, and I'm sorry you're going through this. That's not God. You go look at Abraham's story. How long did he believe God for a son? He went through that about 25 years. Now, you may have believed God for something for a week and you give up way too quick. I mean, if God gives you a word on it, if he gives you a word, a promise, you can stand on it till hell freezes over. But just, there's a difference in faith and hope, or I'll get to that in a minute. We hope for a lot of things, but getting a word on it. See, I know it's God's will for everybody to be saved. I know it's God's will for John to be saved. Everybody's, it's his will for everybody to be saved. He's not willing that any should perish. He's willing, it's his will for us all to be filled with his spirit and be examples of what he's called us to be. That's what the disciples were. That's what we are to be. That's, that's his will for our lives. Faith expects from God what is beyond all expectations. Listen, he's done more for me than I've ever believed. He has. He's done more for you. Everyone in here, you've got more than you ever dreamed of having. But look, what, what we could be doing for the kingdom if we think it that way. If the faith movement of 20 years ago would be about disciples instead of personal things we could believe God for. It's not wrong to believe for personal things. But there was so much of that, I'll just give my car away and God will give me a better one. And you might be walking for a while. God will say, go to be like Jesus. You said, oh great. He said, yeah, he walked everywhere. God, you're on the move. You're on the move. Let me give you an Andrew Murray quote. Total surrender to allow Jesus it takes total surrender to allow Jesus to put his love of God's word in your heart. Jesus had such a love for God's word, but it takes total surrender for him to put that in your heart. Hope starts examining and rejoices in the treasures faith has accepted. Faith accepts Hope rejoices in it. Hope is the daughter of faith and the messenger. Faith sends out to see what is coming. Hope becomes the strength and support of faith. And when God wants to bless us, there's times there's really a battle over that to stop that from coming. 
That's why we can't give up on the things we believe God for. Let me give you something I heard Robert Moore say in one of his messages. Father God wills it. We know God's will. He wills it. God the Son words it. He speaks it. He words it. And God the Holy Spirit works it. Father wills it. The Son words it. The Holy Spirit works it. I think that's a good way to look at that. But let's, let me show you something else about the kingdom here. Look at Luke 17.7. Uh, Which of you having a slave plowing or tending sheep will say to him when he comes in from the field, come immediately and sit down and eat? But will he not say to him, prepare something for me to eat and properly clothe yourself and serve me while I eat and drink? Can you imagine that servant coming in and having to go through all that? And afterwards you may eat and drink. He does not thank the slave because he did the things which were commanded, does he? No, he doesn't thank him. So you too, when you do all the things which are commanded you, say, we are unworthy slaves. We have done only which we ought to have done. I tell you, we've got to remember that. We're unworthy slaves. We're, we're, just, we're his friends because he called us and we obey him. But there's a tendency in Christian to just, we've turned this thing around to where he's almost a servant to do everything I bid him to do. There's a difference in that in, in real faith and walking that out. And we've got to sort those things out. That's why I was said a while ago, we don't, he don't hand out those attaboys the way we hand them out. And yet he does reward those who faithfully come to him, who believe him. But I, I just think that's an important thing, that we just have to stop and keep Jesus. Listen, it's just by his grace, by his mercy, that he chose us. Why would he cho cho choose James Prather? Why would he choose Gerald Freeman? Why would he choose you? He's got a plan and purpose for us. That's why he chose us. He's ordained us to live in this time. Lord gave me this this morning. Look at Job chapter 40. I've been reading through Job. I've been reading in the New translation but I'm, I'm going to read it out of this I think we get like this you know Job was really a, accused by his friends but the Lord said to Job what will the fault finder contend will the fault finder contend with the almighty what do we contend with God about? God, why haven't you done this? Or God, why are you doing it for James and won't do it for me? What happened to the children of Israel coming in their 40-year 
March that they could have made in two weeks. What was their biggest issue? They grumbled. They grumbled. They saw a pillar of fire every night over them. They saw a cloud during the hot days over them. There was an angel with them. They saw the Red Sea parted. They saw manna come. They saw water come out of a rock. Where's Thanksgiving? Come on. It's easy for me to think, how could they do that? But you know what? There's a human side of us just like that. And as much as we've got, we're not as thankful as we ought to be. And we've got to be so careful. That, that's such an illustration to me of Job, God talking to Job. Will the fault finder contend with the Almighty? You ever been mad at God? I'm going to tell you, you're going to lose that battle. Let him who reproves God answer it. Then Job said, Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am insignificant. Amen. The greatest Christian that ever lived is insignificant, and yet God used them in a mighty way. We're insignificant, but God wants to use your life. He is using your life when you yield to Him. I'm insignificant. What can I reply to you? I lay my hand on my mouth. There's times we ought to just shut up, huh? Once I've spoken, I will not answer. Even twice, and I will add nothing more. Then the Lord, that's all capitals you notice, answered Job out of the storm and said, Now gird up your loins like a man. Hey, there's times we just have to suck it up and go on. I will ask you and you instruct me. I'm going to tell you, Job got quiet. Will you really annul my judgments? Will you condemn me that you may be justified? Or do you have an arm like God? And can you thunder with a voice like His? Ask Him some good questions, didn't He? God, it's just your mercy. It's just your goodness. But He takes a weak, feeble human being that knows He can't do it, but will believe in His God. That was Gideon. That was David. That was Abraham. He wasn't a Christian. He was a heathen, but God brought him along. Why did God choose you? Jackson, God's got more for you than you're believing him for. You're looking in the rearview mirror too much. Straight ahead. Straight ahead. Lord, you're such a good God. If you want to be his disciple... Keep going. But too many Christians today have made Jesus a servant. We each must find our place in the body of Christ. Christians, we have time for our parties, events, and hobbies, and that's fine. You know, it's never too late, too dark, too cold, or too hot for those things. But why not find your place in the body of Christ? Why don't you just fool everybody and be who God wants you to be? 
Come on. Let's step into what he's got for us. If you want to be his disciple, well, let's look at the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 14. For the body is not one member, but many. The foot says, because I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body. It is not for this reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I'm not a part of the body. Is it not for this reason any the less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members. Now we're each a member if you're born again. Each one of them in the body just as he desired. Now, if you're an ear and wishing you were a foot, you're in a mess. If you're a big toe and you're wanting to be an eye, you're in trouble. We've got to accept our place where he put us in the body of Christ. If they were all one member, where would the body be? There'd be about 30 eyes in here. Now, it'd be probably 30 tongues all wanting to talk at once. But now you are many members, but one body. We, the body of Christ, we're not complete without those that aren't here this morning. We need them, but they need us. Look at somebody. Say, I need you. Jackson doesn't think anybody needs him. I need him. Keep telling him. Yeah, we all need to be cheered on sometimes. We need you. And the part of the body that you are. That's why I keep waiting. Angie gave time for, we gave needs, but what's God saying to this group this morning? Those words, those gifts that are in us that we're not activating. Lord, I call those forth. Ken, you've got more in you know. Jesus loved you enough to die for you. He chose to put you here on earth for His purpose. Jesus Christ is the eternal Word. He's the King of kings. And He alone is the source of life in you. And that life means Zoe life. That means that everything He's got is yours if you're in covenant with Him. Dixie reminds me of that. Everything I got's hers. But everything of hers is mine, too, because we're in covenant. The love of God means Calvary and nothing less. Oh, it could be better. Well, believe God for more. I don't care how many mistakes I've made or you made. The promises of God are yea and amen to those who will believe Him and walk in Him. And there's still a call of holiness for the body of Christ that's lacking. And you and I are called to be examples of that. Some say, I'm forgiven because God loves you. There's a a truth and a lie in that. We're only forgiven because of the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. That's why we're forgiven. When we come and accept that. That's why. 
We are only forgiven because of Jesus' death on the cross. He loves you because he made or paid such a great price for you. Your prized possession, it could be a new something you just bought. Let me tell you about it. You know, we'll talk about something we just got because it's special to us. We're glad to have it. We pay there's value in it because we paid for it. Can you think about God? The agony he went through on the cross. It was the cross of God. They crucified God on a cross. Why? To pay for Adam's sin, sin that had come down that we all inherited to redeem us, spirit, soul, and body. He's our Redeemer. By faith, we accept that. By faith, we need to walk it out every day. We accept it by faith. We're led by the Holy Spirit, and we fix our eyes upon the Lord Jesus Christ, fixing our eyes upon him. For the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. Let's stand up. Let somebody worship Jesus. Is he not worthy? He's the eternal word of God. He's everything you need. Come on, if you're a grumbler, repent. Whether you do it in your chair or here at the altar, I don't care, but somebody give Jesus praise. Somebody come get right with God this morning. We'll see revival in the house. There's more than enough right in here to believe God for this whole city. We've got a city that's lost, a city that needs the Lord. Lord, Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way, Lord. Lord, we choose to believe you. We believe you for Skytook. We believe you for our church to be the church you've called us to be. Lord, it makes a difference in the culture of this region. Lord, we believe you for that meeting tomorrow night where the churches come together. And I pray, God, you move on every pastor. They'd want to come and bring their congregations that the pastors would see the needs they have. Lord, show us our needs. Show us what to believe you for. Come on. What's God, what are you believing God for? I've told you one of the things I'm believing God for. Lord, teach me, show me how to proclaim you in a manner that the Holy Ghost can use it however he wants to to change lives. It's not my job to change you. I want to present Jesus. Turn it up, Alan. Come on. This is a great old song. What a Savior. Come on. Do you have that Savior? If you don't have, come. Some of you are not sure you're really born again. Come this morning. His hands were nail scarred. That's Jesus.
for us. Not just for salvation, but for have eternal life. Zoe life. The life that was in Jesus is in us. Come on, believe that. Step out in it. Come get filled with the Spirit this morning. Come on. Come get a fresh touch from God if you need one. He is the God. He says He is. He's eternal, everlasting. He's got you on earth to make a difference in His kingdom, but you can't do it without Him empowering you to do that. And He's got more for you than you know. He's got the time. Don't worry about it. We bless you, Lord. Come on. That's one of them. If you can't praise God, and that's your woods wet. Your heart's cold. Come on, learn to praise Him. Maybe you didn't grow up praising Him. I didn't either, but it's not too late to learn. We exalt you, Jesus. Praise your way out of it, Jackson. Praise your way out of it, whatever you're going through. Come on, raise your hands. Let Him take that burden off of you. Cast your burdens upon the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will now never allow the righteous to be shaken. If you're righteous, you can't be shaken. We bless you, Jesus. There was a man from Skytook went all over the world in a quartet singing the high tenor in that song. From Skytook. So, come on, there's hope for us. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. No one needs a touch this morning. No one needs more. Lord, we believe you. What a Savior. He's the God of all gods. He's the God that raises the dead. Lord, raise us every area of our life, Lord. We exalt you. We exalt you, Lord. Stir our hearts. Bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. What a wonderful, marvelous, glorious Savior he is. One day he blotted my yesterdays out, wrote my name in the Lamb's Book of... Excuse me just a moment. Well, glory! Somebody's going to praise Jesus if we don't. When you got one of them in you, you better Well, we didn't listen to that trend, that version before we played it. What'd God say to you this morning? I want to say, uh, say thank you for coming tonight, ladies and gentlemen. That's feel- George... Um, I forgot his last name. What did he say to you this morning? Amen. I want you to do something for me. I want you to join me tomorrow night. Just across the street over here at 630. Any other word? 
Everybody's saved, but they don't all know it. They can. Amen. Huh, I didn't know it. Lord, we thank you. Bless that family, Jamie.